So Alyssa and I did something very, very smart. We, um, we got installed as the senior leaders, and then we left. <laughs> we said, peace out. Um, what we did was we, um, <laughs> we went to a youth, a youth conference, I wish. No, we didn't go to a youth conference. We went to an old people conference. Uh, <laughs> we're not that young, she said. Um, we, went, we went to a, a, a pastor's conference, imaginatively titled Pastor's Conference. Um, and it was really wonderful. And you're going to um, be receiving from what we received for the foreseeable future. It was very powerful. It was one of those, night, it was one of those conferences where every night we'd just be like, oh, my gosh. Did God break you today? <laughs> um, but on the way home, or not even on the way home, during the conference one evening, I was thinking about you guys, and I was thinking about this Sunday, and I feel like the Lord gave me a, um, an exercise to do, and I really feel like he's like, write this down so you don't forget, and then do it with Alyssa as you're driving home. And it was just three columns. He made me make three columns and. The first one was personal transformation. The second one was church transformation. And the third one was commitments. And so when we started driving and through the whole conference, and then as we started driving, I listened, I talked, and I asked her, I said, what are the seeds that God planted in you during this conference for your personal transformation? What are the seeds he planted in you that we want to see in our church, transformed in our church? And from that, what are the commitments that we want to make to the body? And I want to talk about that on Sunday. I want to come back and share the commitments that, that this is what we're about as leaders. And here's what, because we're about it as leaders, is we are going to expect to start being uh, visible in the body, in this church body. And, and so we want to talk about that. But before that, we wanted to kind of process and go over uh, the installation service, because that was a lot, and it was good, and so, but I wanted to mark things to go, wow, when so-and-so said such-and-such, that was really important. So um, I just want to start with going, the coolest thing about the things spoken during our installation service was none of it was new. None of it was new. It was stuff that we had heard before, it was stuff that we were hearing from the Lord, which is an encouragement. Because when you're sitting there going, oh Lord, what are your plans? What are you doing? What's your goal? What's your desire? And you are receiving things and you're like, okay, I'm hearing this and you're holding on to that. It's always an encouragement when someone who knows nothing comes up and says the same things. So we wanted to highlight some of that stuff. The first one that I wanted to highlight was Jeff McCracken. Wasn't he pretty amazing? I love Jeff. I've known him for years, like he said, um, but we don't talk. We're not buddy-buddy. I didn't even have his cell phone number until the end of that service when he gave it to me. So he wasn't getting updates on where the church was. He wasn't getting told, here's what we're feeling, here's what we'd like to see. He didn't have a script. He had a Holy Spirit. He didn't have a script. So he said some things that were just, as I shared with him, I was like, th that was the heart of what Alyssa and I have been talking about. 
that was the heart of our desires that we want to see acted out in the church. This is one of his favorite phrases, by the way, because I've heard him and I've heard him say this a lot. We can walk and chew gum at the same time. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm excited about that. What that means for Alyssa and I, and Alyssa, feel free to jump in at any point. What that means for Alyssa and I in many ways, and he even said it, we can pursue excellence in structure and process at the same time that we are making space and leaving room for the freedom of the Holy Spirit that we can be pursuing everything in the spirit at the same time that we are receiving strategy for structure and process. They aren't exclusive. They aren't exclusive. Sometimes we think they are. We think structure kills life. And the people who are structure bound see unorganized life and they go, this could be better. And the, 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 the truth is, in a holy way, structure promotes life. Good process creates freedom. And those are the two words he said, wasn't it? Excellence and freedom, that's the cry of our heart, and it's true. He talked about how we're called to build family, but also assembly. He talked about the word for family, and he talked about the word for the assembly of God, eklaneo. And he, he said that was about the inside of the church and the outside of the church. We said yes to that. We're about the inside of the church and we're about the outside of the church. Never, was, <laughs> don't get it twisted. That was an old thing we used to say when we were kids. Don't get it twisted. We're about the inside and the outside. Sometimes we might be leaning on the inside because that's what God is leaning on. And some people who are more outward motivated might get a little twitchy. Just want to say, calm down. We understand. You know what? Here's what I'm praying for and hoping for. I'm hoping that as we focus on the outside, that there'll be a harvest. But you know what happens when there's a harvest? Got to have structure. What else? You got to focus on the inside. Because let's just say, let's use, I don't know, an analogy, fish. When you catch fish, what do you got to do with them? You got to clean fish or you got a whole bunch of ugly fish. But even on that, when you clean the fish, what do you have to do with the guts? You got to get rid of them. Deliver it to the garbage. So when the harvest comes, some Family people might start getting a little twitchy. Don't get it twisted. We're aware. Especially because your response to getting twitchy is to come talk to us, right? Yeah. Okay. Anything you wanted to point out? Not yet. I'm doing great. We're called to speak the truth in love. The truth and love. I loved what he said. Truth without love is abuse. Love without truth is enablement. You have an amazing team right here. Do you know why? 
She's a whole lot of love. And I'm a whole lot of truth. <laughs> you said that's true? Is it? Oh, I muted you, didn't I? Hey, Alyssa, here's a mic. <laughs> Let me just mute it for you. <laughs> Sorry. What is it? A 13? Yeah. Um, so you're 15. Alyssa goes, this better not be a preview. Try it now. All right. Are yeah? you trying to silence my voice? Uh, am I trying to silence <laughs> your voice? Is she there? Hello, hello. Can you hear me a little bit? Okay. Hey, can you hear me a little more? A little more. Okay. All right. Great. Good. <laughs> okay. Inside voice. Outside voice. Yeah, I'll try to project. I got in trouble in junior high. We, ha we had these corny plays. This is a side note, but I have to tell you. So we would have these plays where the children would be doing their thing, and then there would be like four mics on the side, and that we would be the speaking voice. So the people on stage would And then we'd be on the side, and I got in trouble. They were like, we can't hear you when you speak in the mic. Because, of course, I was a mic girl. But anyway, so I'm going to try to project. That was a whole <laughs> long story to say. I will project. I hear those, those little junior high kids. We're a good team. I speak more lovingly because she's in my life. She speaks more truthfully because I'm in her life. Your job, by the way, is to do the same thing to us, speak the truth to love in us. And if I say something to you and you go, that was a whole lot of truth and I'm not feeling the love, you need to say, Miko, I'm not feeling the love. And I'll go, I'm so sorry. Because I am. Because I, I had this thought today. I'm a grown man. Okay? I've been doing this. I've been in ministry. Well, honest. I've been in some form of ministry since sixth grade. I've been doing this thing for 13 years, going on 13 years, specifically in this building. I'm not stupid. So unless I'm having a really, 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 really bad day, I'm not going to be mean to you guys deliberately. <laughs> I want you to hear that. I'm not going to be mean to you guys deliberately, which means if I'm ever mean to you, please go, ouch. And I can go, I'm so sorry. Don't go, Miko was mean to me. Miko was mean to me. That hurt. Miko was mean to me. You go tell three people. <laughs> Miko was mean to me. Don't do that. Go to Miko and say, you were mean to me. And I'll go, I'm so, seriously, you'll be shocked how often I'll be like, I'm so sorry. Not, what are you talking about? No, I, I'm so sorry. Because I, life is life. I'm well practiced at apologies. Wait, is that a compliment or a diss? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I was going to say is get, get used to saying, ouch, it hurts. Yeah. Because, um, with both of us, you know, we are, we are our own people, and we might say or do something that hits you weird. That's okay. Say, ouch, talk to us, okay? Yeah. It's quick. We just had a conversation about this last night. We did. And we've been married how long and known each other and been in each other's lives? 17 yeah. years? 17 And years. still, just get quick about saying, ouch, or yeah. saying, hey, what do you mean by this? It's cool. We want to talk with you guys. Yeah. That's an encouraging word, right? Get used to saying ouch. <laughs> no, I get, that, should be, that should be our tag. <laughs> Abiding place. Get used, get to, used to saying ouch. Uh, <laughs> Yikes. Oh, man. Uh, another one. People that have known me for a long time know I was like, if I didn't have a child on my lap, I probably would have jumped up and did a step or a shout. Choose to plant. Choose to plant. Okay. It doesn't have to be here. I'd love it to be here, but choose to plant. Jeff said, don't wait till you're offended to make the decision. 
Because if we're going to follow after the Lord, guess what? You're going to get offended. Because if I'm going to get offended, you're going to get offended. And I'm already getting offended. I'm already talking to the Lord and going, that hurt. And he goes, good. <laughs> and I said, he goes, it's not supposed to be easy. It's like, you're right. Okay. So I love that because I am all about planting. Guys, I literally, I was talking to Lisa, I would not be here. I would not be here. There were so many times that I said, I'm offended, I'm leaving. It's been 13 years. No one's perfect. I was like, I'm, the one time I did, the Lord rebuked me. I was like, I'm done. I went to another church service. The pastor spoke heresy. I said, oh, I have to go back to abiding place. <laughs> I'm serious. Now I'm leading abiding place. Choose to plant. How do I do that, Miko? How do you do that, Alyssa? You make a choice to stay, good and bad. What'd you say this morning? Oh, stand ten toes down. Ten toes, ten toes down. down. Make your choice. Yeah. It's a choice. So that when you get offended, you don't give yourself the out. You don't give yourself the out. You go, nope, I chose to plant, so I am going to go to that person that offended me, and I'm going to talk to them about it, and we're going to hash it out. I'm not saying you ever plant, God won't uproot you. But that's a much slower process, and it's a process done in community. So I'm not saying you're stuck here, but what you're saying when I say I plant here is that I'm here through thick and thin. I'm here through offense and uh, compliments. I'm here when the pastor's smiling at me, and I'm here when the pastor's shouting at me in the spirit. Let's get to some numbers, because that was exciting to me. <laughs> Jeff McCracken talked about in 18 to 24 months, this, this church would look different. Mm -hmm. That was really encouraging, because in our conversations, that's the timeline we were hearing. Yeah. That's the timeline we were hearing. So I just want to put our faith behind Jeff's faith, help your faith, so we can join our face together. God has a plan. I've already shared how large I think this church is supposed to be. Uh, 3,000 people. I'm not saying we'll get there tomorrow. I'm not saying we'll get there in five years. We really do feel like there's a wave. We were talking about the last half of the year. It was all about the wave, getting ready. How do we do this? How do we partner? We really believe in this. We really believe there's a move. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we believe that if we pursue it, and if we position ourselves correctly, our nets will be open, we'll catch the fish, we'll ride the wave. Mm -hmm. So Jeff talking about in 18, 24, I was like, it could come sooner. It could come sooner, Lord. <laughs> but we were here in that same timeline. We're not here to make big, massive changes, by the way. You'll find that when we get to our commitments, you'll go, that sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we weren't doing anything wrong before. So, of course, it's going to sound familiar. But I just wanted to share that with you. We got really excited. The six months. 
Yeah, he also talked about a financial breakthrough in six months. Yeah, which we were like, yes, Lord. That would be nice. I joked with, with uh, my father, who's my father-in-law, who's watching our sick kid at home, in case they're not, they're not boycotting. They're uh, serving, actually. Um, I, he joked, because in his thing, which was really good, he, he said, what did he say? He said, uh, speak the word, preach the word, and practice what you preach. And then he said something really good. He said, it's your guys' responsibility to support us financially. And I said, How? again, if I didn't have a kid, probably would have jumped up. You would have seen some uh, Pentecostal <laughs> exercises. But then he said it was a job. He said there was something we needed to do, though. We couldn't pester you about it. Do you remember that? And so I went up to him later, and I said, is it okay if I preach once a year on money? Is that okay? And he laughed. He said, it's in the word. You can preach it. <laughs> so I, I do believe there will be a shift in our finances, too. And, again, the, th the thoughts and the plans that we're formulating, you'll, you'll hear some of that moving forward. You'll hear most of it moving forward. Um, Anything else? I think it's pretty good. Anything you want to add? Okay. Yeah. Um, I like I like this. The the wind is at our back. The wind is at our back. That means have you ever tried to walk against the wind? It's really hard. It takes more effort to move forward. Have you ever tried to walk? perpendicular to the wind? If you're driven a freeway and the wind's coming the perpendicular to you, hits your car, right? It's really hard to stay straight. You'd have to take more effort. When the wind's at your back, it's easy to move forward. I want to change the word I just said. I'm not going to say it's easy because it all depends on the ground you're walking, truthfully. But with the wind on your back, it takes less effort to move forward. And we really believe we're in a season right now, as that transition ended last week, a new transition started. And that in this transition, the wind is at our back, and we'll find it easier to move into things. Easier. Not necessarily easy, but easier to move into things that he's calling us in, that he's calling us to do individually and corporately. With that being said, my wife and I, we prayed and we, we talked and we came up with six commitments that we as leaders are making to you, the body. These commitments are stuff that we will be expecting in our lives, that we will be growing in our lives, and that we will be expecting in the church, and we'll be growing in the church. You can think of them as declarations of what this house is about. And you can think of them as promises. But this is an invitation. These commitments to you are an invitation for you guys to join in with us and say yes and join your yes with our yes. And join your effort with our effort. Amen? All right, let's start with this first one. Our first commitment to you guys is that this house will be a house of discipleship. We will not stop growing. 
We will not stop chasing. There is always more. We're expecting that same of you guys. To always be pursuing the more. I have a sermon that I'm writing. I'll share a little bit of it. Sometimes we mistake. Our God is limitless. But that doesn't mean he doesn't put limits on us. But sometimes we mistake our limits as the end of the line. But the thing that he never stops inviting us in is to go deeper. So he can give you a boundary and go, your boundary is one foot square. And you might go, oh, but that guy gets 50 feet. Why do I get one? And you might focus on that. Because we get this paradigm of God with, because he's limitless, and we get this expansion paradigm in our head, and we think expansion is always out. And it's not always out. If you read your Bible, he is a God of limits. He had a chosen people. He said, here is your territory. He never once said, here's more. He said, here's your territory. Own it, claim it. He's a God of boundary. But he never limits how deep you go, ever. And so when we talk about going from glory to glory, think about it as you can go as deep as you want. He might only give you an inch, but you can go down a mile, okay? When I say we won't stop growing, that's the spirit I'm talking about. We will never feel like we've arrived and we've made it and there's nothing new to learn. We will always be seeking, show me your face, show me something new, show me a different way to do this, show me a better way, show me how to relate to you better, show me how to love you better, show me how to love your people and relate to your people. We will always be pursuing excellence and more in you and in ourselves. And our expectation is that you'll be doing the same thing. The second one, this will be a house of family. We will walk with you through life, good and bad. The Bible talks about mourning with those that mourn and rejoicing with those that rejoice. There's a time, a place, there's a season for everything, and our commitment to you is we'll walk with you through that. We will find the best way to help you and be with you through all of that. And our expectation is that you'll do the same for us and for everybody else. We're not, we're not frightened of messes. Have you, seen, have you seen our family? <laughs> <laughs> we're not frightened of messes. You know, we've already done a really good job of having a family feel here, and I'm excited for the greater, you know, like, uh, I'm just going to use my family because that's easy, right? For Moses, I'm not expecting him to be able to make his bed, right, after he pees it. He's two. He can't. It's The bed is way bigger than him. But Solomon, who's four, I do, you know, and so it's like, um, 
this, uh, yeah, like I feel like we're stepping into a greater, um, uh, I don't even know what the right word is, but like coming together as a family, like, oh no, you can do that. And if you, you can't, I'm going to help you. And like this, this greater realization of what we, what others need and what we need and being vocal about what we need. And, um, in turn, other people, you know, being open and vulnerable about, hey, I can't make my bed. I need help. And others come, oh, I, I know how to do that. I can do this. I can help. Yeah. So uh, you know, th the thing that gets in the way of discipleship, and, and it, it, it will be a house of family, that speaks towards pastoral care. The thing that gets in the way is our shame. I don't want to show you my mess. I don't want to show you my mess. I don't want to have to ask for help, and I don't want to have to hear how I can do better. So what we're saying is in this house, we are actively fighting our shame. We're actively pushing past it to share when we need help. We're actively pushing past it to share when we've made a mess. Because our promise to you is we're not going to kick you out. We're not going to yank you off the stage and say, oh, we tried that, not your thing. Our promise to you is when there's a mess, we're going to see how this mess happened and how we can prevent it from happening again. When there's a need, we, we're going to say, how do we meet this need and how do we help you not need this anymore, right? That's our promise to you. All right? Okay, this will be a house of prayer. Um, you know, for years, Miko specifically has been like, we need to be praying about this more, you know, about whatever circumstance. And um, we've already, let me say, before the conference, we were both feeling the stirring, but the conference really uh, confirmed in us, like, prayer is everything. <laughs> it's everything. And um, nothing can happen without it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we're not belittling any, anything that we've done with prayer, anything we're doing with prayer. This isn't saying we weren't doing enough, but and when Alyssa says that for years, this is the truth, for years I'd be like, we're not praying about that enough. Why aren't we praying more? And I was just as guilty, mm -hmm. just as guilty. So that isn't me condemning any leaders or anything, because I am the front line of saying, in fact, I'm worse, because I'm the one going, we need to be praying more, and then I wouldn't. When we talk about we need to be praying more, it's like what Alyssa said, it's everything. What the Lord showed me was we sometimes as Christians, we treat prayer as that necessary thing we do before we eat the meal. Yeah. It's that necessary thing we do before we eat the meal. And the actual fact of the matter is prayer is the meal. Yeah. Because I'm not talking about, the, I'm t at the simplest form, prayer is talking to God. It is talking to God. It is, not only was it talking to God, it's hearing God, and most of the time it's repeating back what we hear. Yeah. <laughs> it's that simple. Yeah. And I just realized in my own life and moving forward with the church, I don't want to do anything that isn't bathed in prayer. Yeah. Not just, oh, Lord, please make this happen, but the declaration of I'm declaring back to you, Father, the things you told me that you're going to do. Yeah. In, It's a, it's a message. I don't want to do the message before I do the 
Robin came up here and she said she heard this from an intercessor. She was hearing this, that it's time to push. P-U-S-H. Pray until something happens. And we both were like, yes, when she said that. And I'm telling you, and, and, and by the way, this is a personal challenge. It's a commitment. We're doing these commitments. We told three people these commitments, okay? We told God, we told each other, and we're telling you. That's the number of accountability, three, okay? Because I'm not just saying, you guys need to pray more. Come on. I'm not saying that. I'm saying, first and foremost, I need to pray more. First and foremost, individually. Now, you guys do need to pray more, most of you. Some of you are really good. You need to pray more because it is the meal. It's the thing we need to be doing that actually fills us, that allows us to do everything else. And when we say more, what we mean is, yes, we want more individual prayer. We want to uh, increase the hunger for prayer in your lives. We want to see the Lord do that. But we're also talking about corporately, we will be praying more. And we're still seeking the Lord for what that looks like and how in time. But do not be surprised. Moving forward, you will start hearing we're having a prayer night. And when I say a prayer night to the church, I'm not talking about I want the same four people that come to every prayer time. I'm talking about, hey, church, we're having a prayer night. I'm expecting 70% of you to be there. I'm serious. I'm just setting the expectation right now, getting you ready for it. Corporate prayer is corporate prayer. If I do a prayer time and four people show up, it's not corporate prayer anymore. Not for, not for this body, right? Yeah, there was a little bit less amens on that one. We'll work on it. That's all right. <laughs> we got time. The Holy Spirit is patient. Well, and this is sort of what you were saying, too. This is sort of some of the places we're getting poked, too, yeah. where that all sounds scary. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm up here saying I'm going to do it, you know? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> so you're not alone. If you're like, if, if inside you're like, I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> me too, but we're going to do it. All right, we're going to do it together. Yeah. Let me tell you, I was praying with the Lord, and he said, you need to get weird with your wife. <laughs> yeah. And I said, what do you mean? He said, you can't be praying like this in your room, and then when you get around a list, you're like, oh, Lord, thank you so much, Father. If I can't, if I can't pray the way I pray privately in front of my wife, how am I going to pray that way in front of you guys? You're right? The Lord was like, you need to get weird with your wife. And Alyssa goes, he was saying the same thing to me. Not in that word, but the same, the same sentiment of more free. More free to do the expressions that he's putting on our hearts to do. You want to do that one? Uh, sure. This, this harkens back to my, um, my Baptist roots. <laughs> this will be a house that, that preaches from the word. Preaches the word of God. Um, yeah, again... It, it was kind of cool yesterday, or two days ago, before Ezra was sick, he had asked, uh, he, he said a, something so profound as we're eat, starting to eat dinner. Mom, do you think God uh, transferred his power to Jesus when he was on earth? And I'm like, what, or what, and, and he said, and was Jesus with God in the beginning? And I'm just like, where does, where does this come from? And in that moment, b- because all of this is swirling, I was like, you know what? God wrote us the answer. So I get the Bible and start telling him John 1, 1. In the beginning, uh, God was, God was, what was the word? In the beginning. Ooh, Lord have mercy. I'll get better. 
<laughs> I'm feeling the pressure. Was the word. Yeah, was the word, and the and word, the word was, was with God. And, and the, the word, word was God. God. And so just going through that with him, he's like, oh, yeah. And I was like, Ezra, all the answer, a lot of the answers that we have are in here. God's written, you know, this is, this is really important that we have, you know, we have the written word and we can talk to God and just sharing that. But anyway, just to say that the, the word is so, um, so foundational. <laughs> and we can't, uh, when we just rely on just, okay, Lord, just speak to me. We're so, without the word, void from the word, we're liable to have all our um, filters and our uh, mindsets about the world influence what we're hearing, right? So we could, we could be hearing from the Lord, but we, tr- we translate it all crazy because we're not rooted in the word. We don't have that foundation of what he's already said. We have to start with what he's already said and then add to that. You know what I mean? Here, to hear the, the word for right now, if that makes sense. Um, Acts 6, Acts 6, the choosing of the seven deacons. Um, so there was an issue in the early church. There was an issue in the early church. They had a lot of life. They were growing. Their numbers were growing and people were coming in, but there was an issue. There's a process issue, you see. People were coming and the Hellenistic Jews were joining the body of believers and the widows weren't getting fed. And people came to the disciples and they complained and they said, hey, these widows aren't getting fed. They're getting actually persecuted against because they're the Hellenistic Jews. And the disciples said, okay, we need to find a process for this. So that's just, that's not even my message, but that's important. They, they, had, they, found, they said, okay, we need to find a process to deal with this. But the reason why they didn't do it themselves The disciples summoned the full number, the, the 12 apostles summoned the full number of the disciples and said, it is not right we should give up preaching the word of God to serve tables. It is not right that we would cease preaching the word of God to serve tables. Therefore, pick seven among you, men of good repute, full of spirit and wisdom, who will appoint to this duty. But we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. It's good enough for the apostles. I think it's good enough for us, right? That's what we mean when we say we will be a house of prayer. This house will be a house of prayer. And this house will be a house that preaches the word. Those are the two most important things in terms of doing. It's good enough for the apostles, good enough for the early church. I think we can do it too. This house will be a house that preaches the word. Romans 10, 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Okay. This is not a um, judgment on spirit or anything like that. We, I don't have a distinction. Do you understand that? I don't have a distinction between word and spirit. I'm not a word guy, forget the spirit. I'm not a spirit guy, forget the word. I'm a both guy. So when I'm talking about speaking and preaching the word of the Lord, the spirit is there too. Do you understand that? 
what I was feeling too is you yeah you can't separate them you know it's like if you are going after the word and you know all of that and praying it the spirit will be there you know our fifth commitment this will be a house that chases after Jesus this will be a house that chases after Jesus we will pursue Jesus it's all about Jesus okay you'll hear more about that later but again I just want to step in real fast in case anyone sits and goes wait wait if any of you charismatic people wait wait the spirit <laughs> what about the spirit the spirit testifies to Jesus then you guys going but what about my father what about the heavenly father <laughs> You only get to the Father through Jesus, okay? I'm not denigrating or reducing or minimizing the other two in the Trinity. But what the Lord is poking me the most, and the most that I'm saying, ouch, is he's saying, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. Why are you doing that? It's about Jesus. Why are you doing that? For Jesus, okay? So I'm just, I just want to be so clear about the, what this house is going to be. This house is going to be pursuing and chasing Jesus, pursuing and chasing the things that he wants, the things that break his heart will break our heart. The thing that makes him smile will make us smile. My prayer all week has been, show me your face, show me your face, I want to see your smile. I want to see your smile. Show me what I need to do to see your smile. We will only go as far as our devotion to Jesus will take us. That's as far as we will go. I'm telling you right now, if there's anything, because there are things that I was like, I'm not about that. I don't do that. And the Lord is coming. Do you love my son? Yeah, of course I love, I love Jesus. Well, Jesus wants you to do that. Jesus died so you would do that. We'll get into that later. But this will be a house that pursues Jesus. And the last commitment is that we are all in. Ten toes down, we're here. <laughs> uh, you know, once, obviously, once we started these conversations years ago and everything, where we're planted, we stay. And we've shown that in our personal lives. I, I was, <laughs> we were joking last night. Um, so we've been together 16 years, going on 17 years. And so we had known each other a year before. Then um, that spring, we went on our first date, but, it, you know, whatever. And uh, we sat in the mall, and we talked for two hours straight. He had another thing to do. I made him late. But it was from that moment, really. I mean, I knew before. But really, I was like, no, this is, this is it. And I didn't waver. And same with him, you know. So what, what I'm trying to say is when we make a decision, when we're making a commitment, we're in, we're here, all right? Yeah, Charlie started off the service with marrying us. <laughs> yeah. And just like divorce isn't an option here, divorce isn't an option here. Okay? I was praying and I said, Lord, I know the promises you have on this house, but if this house never changes and it stays this amount and this size, I am here. I am here. We love you guys. 
We love this community. We don't love the idea of what this community could be. We love this community. So we're here. That's why we said yes. That's why when we're hearing God, we said yes. Amen? Amen. Okay. If this resonates with you, if this touches you, um, and you want to press into the more and press into these commitments, um, I invite you to either stand up or come to the altar, and we'd love to pray for you and just pray into this thing um, so that we can see all that the Lord has for, for us individually and for this house. Uh, it's important that we pull on it, you know, that we actually ask him for it and say, yes, yes, that's what I want. And pull on that. Uh, actually, I'm going to take it a step further. Um, okay. Come to the altar. <laughs> I, uh, the Lord is challenging me with um, moving and doing as a sign of agreement. Yeah. He's challenging me, moving and doing as a sign of agreement. And so I just want to challenge. If you're saying yes to this and you're saying, I'm, I'm with these commitments, I'm for these commitments, I'm going to be joining with you, then yeah, this is the first step. The other thing that I, I forgot to mention, because some of us wasn't, weren't actually here for it, uh, we had a guy... Uh, uh, Kristen Williams from New Zealand come, and he shared with us uh, in November, I believe it was, and he had a word, and his word was that he just saw that um, at, that we were entering a season, and in this season, uh, people would be drawn to the altar, and in this instance, the altar is right here at the steps. Uh, people would be drawn to the altar during worship, during the message, that there was a freedom to come if you felt like you needed something and God was saying it's at the altar, the freedom is come to the altar and get it. And I just wanted to say that I agree with that word. I agree with that word 100%. And I just want to declare that when, when we are up here, like the altar is open at any time during the service. If in worship, the Lord says, I want you to go after something, come to the altar. If you're asking and begging the Lord for something, he says, it's at the altar, the altar is open. You will not disturb worship. You will not disturb the message if you're feeling called to come up. The altar is open. Yeah. All right? <laughs> so we just put our hands up to receive. Lord, we thank you so much. We thank you so much for the work that you're doing. We thank you so much for the things that you've put on our heart as a community. And Lord, we just say, give us faith. Give us faith. Give us faith, Father, to engage in discipleship in a greater way. Give us faith to engage in a family in a greater way. Father, give us the faith to truly become temples of prayer to you. Jesus, give us faith that we would absorb and learn and grow and hunger and desire your word. Give us the faith to preach your word to our friends, to our families, to our coworkers. Father, give us faith to pursue your son. Holy Spirit, increase our revelation of Jesus. Jesus, break our hearts for what breaks you. 
Jesus, put a desire in us right now that we would seek your face and no other. That your smile is our greatest reward. Put that in us. Put that hunger and desire for your smile deeper and deeper than it's ever been. Father, I just say thank you for these men and women, and I know the, the, the people that would also be standing here that attend that aren't here today, I thank you for them so much. Father, I just give Alyssa and I wisdom that we can manage, <laughs> that we can relate, that we can love these people in a greater way, in a better way. And Father, I just thank you so much that it's a two-way street, and as we help them grow, they help us grow. And as that goes back and forth, your kingdom grows. And I just pray for a special blessing that the wind is at their, each and every person's back, that as they move forward, that there is space that they never felt before. There's space to move forward in the things that you're putting on their heart, Father. That they're feeling your breath moving and pushing, Father. That they're feeling your love compel them. That doors that were closed are now open. That doors that are open would get closed. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys.